The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Good evening, and Merry Christmas, everybody. I'd like to welcome you here. My name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here at White Ridge Baptist Church, and we are so glad that you joined us on this special evening for our Christmas Eve service, where we celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God from the beginning of eternity, and also born as a human baby. Tonight's service is entitled, Who is This Jesus? His name says it all. And it's our prayer that during this next hour, 
that God will bless us by stirring in each one of us an even deeper sense of wonder and joy for who Jesus is. And before we start, I'd like to begin in prayer, so please join with me in prayer. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for a chance to meet together, even online, and celebrate your son, Jesus Christ. And we gather in the midst of this very unique season of history at a Christmas that feels a little more strange this year than anything we've ever experienced at Christmas before. But I thank you, Lord, that we know that you never change. I thank you that your reasons for sending your son to this earth, those reasons continue, and the work that you have been doing because of what we celebrate at Christmas has not been thwarted, not by COVID or not by anything else in our circumstances. We thank you that we can celebrate tonight because of Jesus and the gift that you've given us. And I pray that you would use this time, use this service, Lord, for your purposes. I pray that you would use it to glorify your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that you would also use it to challenge us and to grow us closer to you. All this is for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas. I'm Sheila Taylor and the Director of Children's Ministries here at White Ridge Baptist Church. I'm going to be reading the Christmas story from Luke 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Hi, my name is Doug Friesen, and I'm one of the pastors here at White Ridge Baptist Church. Throughout the Advent season, we've been going through a series on Matthew called Fleshing Out Christmas, celebrating the incarnation of Jesus Christ, celebrating the beautiful reality that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And one of the ways we learn about Jesus is learning about his names. For example, in Isaiah 9, verse 6, we read these words, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We learn many things about the names of Christ. We learn about his identity, about his character, about the ways that we can relate to him. And tonight, as we think about who is this Jesus, we celebrate the fact that he is Emmanuel God with us. 
I'm so glad that we can worship him together in this way. There have been times in my life, especially when I was younger, when I wondered why scripture had to use so many different names to refer to Jesus. To me, it was, it was kind of confusing. In the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah said that he would be called Emmanuel. And then in Matthew, when the angel is talking to Joseph, he said that they're to call him Jesus. And that was confusing to me. And there are so many other names as well uh, that refer to Jesus. In John chapter 1, he's referred to only as the Word, where it says, uh, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and, and came to dwell among us. I was genuinely uh, confused as to why all these different names needed to be used. But I've come to realize that we've been given all of these names of Jesus by God through Scripture to help us understand more about who Jesus is and what he does. You see, the, the name, the Word, says that all of the character and all of the will and all of the purpose and all of the heart of God is perfectly reflected in who Jesus Christ is. And the name Jesus itself, Yeshua, that means Savior. That means God is salvation, and it definitely speaks to what he came here to do, to save us from our sin. And then Emmanuel, that means God with us. And if we've been saved from our sin, and if we are in Christ, then we can know the joy of God with us every moment, in every circumstance, for every day, now and for all of eternity. What an amazing thing that we can learn from the name Emmanuel. What amazing truths that we can learn from the names that refer to Jesus. And there are many more of them, and they tell us so much. And uh, this evening, we're going to sing some songs of worship. They're Christmas songs, mostly songs that you know, and you're going to find the words for these songs are on the screen uh, as, you're, as you're watching. And we invite you to sing uh, with us in worship in response to the truth of what these names say about who Jesus is. Let's sing these songs together. Amen. For those of you who've been following through our Advent series in the month of December, you know that every Sunday morning we've had somebody share a story from home of a Christmas where they came to see something of Jesus more clearly or more deeply. And uh, this evening uh, we have a similar story and it's being shared by Dustin Martin. So uh, let's... Let's listen to this. Hi, uh, my name is Dustin Martin, and I've been asked to share a special Christmas memory or Christmas story. Um, and I know I've been blessed because I have a, a lot of great Christmas memories, but I'll always think of this story whenever the season comes around. Um, and it's actually when I was a fair bit younger. Um, my mom, my, my two brothers and I had just moved to Hope, and we didn't know a lot of people. And um, my, I mean, my mom tried the very best she could uh, to provide for us. But I mean, having just moved to town and still looking for work and having three uh, very, very hungry boys all the time to try to try to keep up with. Um, yeah, naturally things were, budgets and everything were, were always a little bit tight. Um, and I still remember Christmas, we didn't have, we didn't have much, didn't have even a lot of furniture in the house, but we were so grateful to have some place warm to be and spend together. 
and my mom had even managed to save a little bit so that we could we could make uh, some nice things craft dinner. I remember being so excited for that. Um, and you know, Christmas morning came around, and we were we were just enjoying each other's company. And out of nowhere, we get this knock on on our door. And I mean, for one thing, too, it was it was surprising for a number of reasons. First and foremost, we didn't really know anybody. Um, second, it was also uh, it had also just snowed the the day before, and so in Hope, BC, BC of all places, we actually had a white Christmas and actually a lot of snow. So it was even really surprising that anybody was out in this sort of weather. Um, so my mom went out and answered the door, and she went out to the landing. And, and next thing we knew, she came back through uh, through the door with with boxes and boxes. I remember three big boxes of groceries for us. Um, and then shortly after that, she came back with a couple boxes of presents for us boys as well. Um, and it was from the church that we'd been attending. Like I say, we didn't know many people, but they, they knew us and they, they recognized us. So they, uh, yeah, they came by and thought we might, might need a little bit of help this Christmas. And I still remember just being so, so blown away and so, so grateful. And at that point, kind of really starting to understand what it meant to be church and what it meant to be a follower of Christ. What that really, really kind of looks like more than just going to church and singing hymnals, but when it actually comes to caring for people and showing this love that we've been shown, um, yeah, that's that's where it really, really sunk in. Just the generosity of some people from church who we would eventually come to call our family, um, looking after a single mom and her three boys on Christmas. Yeah, so hope you're blessed by this story and, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. On behalf of my wife, Pat, and I, we want to uh, wish you a blessed uh, Christmas season, all of you, friends, family, loved ones, strangers that might be tuning in, uh, and we trust that uh, the peace of Christ will be yours this evening and throughout this time. What a privilege it is to share the message this evening, and um, I want to start by talking about an organization that's centered in California called Baby Center. And this organization um, did a survey of 4,000 parents or parents-to-be about when to name a baby and when to announce the name of that baby. And by the way, if you're sitting this evening with your parents uh, and you don't know when your name was chosen and uh, when your name was announced, why don't you ask them sometime during the course of the evening and find out that story. It might be interesting. But anyway, the survey of these 4,000 parents or parents-to-be discovered that uh, concerning when a name is chosen, 12% of parents uh, picked a name before the baby was conceived. So they had this, this idea right from, from the start. 9% pick a name in the first trimester of the pregnancy, and about one-third of parents choose a name in the second trimester, which kind of makes sense because that's usually when you find out uh, whether it's a boy or a girl, according to ultrasound nowadays. A quarter of parents will choose a, a name during the third trimester, and then <clears throat> another quarter on, wait until the baby is born, and then they, they choose a name after the birth. 
and 17% are on the same day of the birth, and about 8% of parents will wait uh, for even days or weeks until they name the baby. <clears throat> and uh, by the way, 43% of parents uh, during the pregnancy have a boy and a girl name picked out. Uh, so, but what about the announcing of the name? Well, 5% of parents announce what the baby's name is going to be before conception. In other words, they're telling people, when we have a child, this is what we're going to call this child. 64% of parents announce the name of the baby during the pregnancy, and then just 31% wait until the baby is born, which I was kind of surprised at. Why am I talking about this? Well, there's no question what name was going to be given to Jesus. Joseph and Mary would probably have fit in with the 12% of parents who settled on the name before conception. We know this because an angel uh, of the Lord announced it to both of them, both the fact of the pregnancy and the name of the baby being announced. In Luke's account of the scriptures, we read that an angel, the name Gabriel, appeared to Mary and said she was highly favored and that she is going to give birth to a, a child. And, and she objects because she's a virgin. And, and then the angel Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the Lord God will overshadow you so that the child that will be born to you will be, the, will be called the Son of God. And uh, the angel says, and you will name him Jesus, which means Savior. And then around the same time, perhaps a little slightly after it, in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, we read about the time when an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And you are to name the Son Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And the Bible says that Joseph woke up from his dream and he obeyed God, he did what he said, and he named the baby Jesus, which means Savior. But that's not the only announcement of, of the birth and the name. Because after Jesus is born, we read in the scriptures in the Gospel of Luke that an angel of the Lord also appeared to shepherds which were around the, the hills of Bethlehem. And they were watching their feet, feet, uh, sheep and the the scripture says, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David. Bethlehem was the city of David. That's where David was born. He says, uh, To you is born this day a Savior. Again, the name Jesus, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So from outside of Joseph and Mary, uh, the shepherds were the first ones to be told about this baby's birth and what this baby would be called, Jesus. Now, I don't know about the protocol in some of the other parts of the country, but in, in, in the places that I know, it seems like grandparents should be the ones that are first to hear about a baby's birth. But in the time of Jesus, that's not the way it went. I want to share with you something that I learned just this year as I was studying some of the birth narratives of Jesus. That... Um, it, it might help us understand why the sheep and the shepherds are such a big theme on the evening that Christ was born. Uh, 
It might give us a clue as to why the shepherds were the first ones to hear the announcement and the first ones to visit Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus in the stable. 700 years before Christ, the prophet Micah spoke about the exact location of where the Messiah would be born. It says in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands among Judah, yet of you shall come forth to me the one who will be the ruler of my people Israel. There is a prophecy of the, of the place that the Messiah would come and be born. In Micah chapter 4, verse 8, this is what we read as well. It says, O you tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. The former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Now, it's an interesting phrase, this phrase, tower of the flock. In Hebrew, the two words that describe that phrase is migdal eder. Migdal Eder, which was quite known in ancient times, was actually a tower, a, a, a brick or stone tower, where the, the watchman would stand on the top of. Now, certainly it would have been watchmen who were keeping watch over the town from any invaders or intruders. And several times in Scripture, of course, Israel is, is described as the flock of God. But it is also believed that on that tower, it was an ideal vantage point for shepherds to look down upon the surrounding hills where the sheep were and to keep watch over their flocks at night, especially. And the interesting thing about this is that since Bethlehem was five miles south of Jerusalem, it was a prime place for the raising of sheep that would be used in the temple sacrifice, especially when such a large volume of sheep were needed during the time of Passover. And it says in the scriptures, in the Jewish Talmud actually, it said that the lambs used in the temple in Jerusalem had to be born and raised within five miles from Jerusalem. And so Bethlehem and the fields surrounding Bethlehem were just within the range of what was allowed in the Talmud. And so in this region, this Bethlehem region, not only was was uh, uh, qualified, but in terms of the source, became a source for Passover lambs. Some people believe that the shepherds also who were watching those flocks were not just ordinary lowly shepherds, but actually trained in Levitical regulations of what an unblemished, spotless, proper sh a lamb should look like and be like. And they were actually employed, perhaps, by the priests of Jerusalem that were in, tar in charge of the temple. And so when we were putting this together, we realized that this could have been an incredible uh, setting for the Son of God, Jesus, to be born. In fact, how is it that these lambs were prepared before they were sent or taken the five miles back to Jerusalem where they were going to be used in the sacrificial temple. We know from the law of Moses that the lambs had to be unblemished and without defect for it to, for it to be counted worthy of a sacrifice. And we read in the scriptures that um, these, these sheep were often kept just below the tower where they would be watched more clearly, the ones that were especially unblemished and chosen to be used in this way. 
It says as well in some of the history that I read that when the time came to be selected, that the shepherds would take the the lambs that were being uh, cared for just below that tower of the flock, Migdal Eder, and they would take them to the stables, and there they would wrap them in cloth and place them in a manger for the inspection, the final inspection, before they were taken off to Jerusalem. What an incredible idea. If this indeed is the practice or was the practice, we can understand now and imagine how the shepherds would have thought and felt when they were the first ones to hear the good news, to visit this Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world, Jesus, born in a stable in Bethlehem. Think about what they would have thought when they heard the words of the angels out on the hills just around, or maybe they were in the tower. Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Today is born in this town of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And perhaps they would have known exactly where to go because of the practice of the day in preparing lambs to go to Jerusalem. They would have known to go to the mangers where the inspections took place, where only the firstborn male lambs without blemish would be selected for the Day of Atonement. What an incredible background if this indeed is true. Who else would understand the message of the angel and know what to do except these shepherds? And that is why, my friends, even as we on Christmas Eve focus on the manger, And we think about the baby Jesus, and we worship him, for he is God in flesh, God with us, Emmanuel. We cannot help but also focus on the cross, which is indeed the the place where that baby would grow up to become the man of God that would die on the cross for our sins. And even as we worship Jesus, we gaze upon that baby in the manger, but we gaze as well upon the reason why he came, We gaze upon the cross, Jesus crucified for our sins. Do you think that for one moment, that when one of those shepherds came into that stable, and then they knelt down and they they worshipped this Jesus that was born, which the angels announced in an incredible, fearful way, Do you think for a moment that one of those shepherds would have paused and said, hey, nice-looking manger? No, not at all. Or fast-forwarding in the life of Christ, do you think for a moment that anyone that was lining the streets going into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday would have paused and said to Jesus, wow, where'd you get that donkey? And do you think that for a moment anyone who knew Jesus and knew who he was, the Son of God, on the day that they crucified him, do you think that anyone was impressed with the cross, the wooden cross that he was hanging on? No, not at all. And friends, to you and I, we are meant to be the ones who, by faith in Jesus Christ, are indwelt by the Son of God, by the Holy Spirit. And it is not us that are impressive at all. But it is the Son of God who lives in us. It is not our faith that is impressive at all. It is the fact that Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. And so on this Christmas, when you 
See a crash maybe with a little figurines and the baby in the manger. When you sing, hark the herald angels sing and some of the other Christmas carols that talk about the baby Jesus. When you gather around a meal and, and hold hands and thank God for Jesus, this incredible gift that God has given, may you on this Christmas see beyond this little baby to see the spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. May you see also in that baby the man, the Son of God, who also went to the cross and was crucified and has been risen and is now at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. May you see in this baby Jesus, the Savior. God bless you all. Amen. You know, all of us wanted to be together on Christmas Eve and this year because of the circumstances that we're in. That's not something that we can do. But we wanted to end our time together online in a way that hopefully feels familiar to those of you who have been uh, in this church family for a while. Uh, we are accustomed to ending our time with Silent Night, and uh, we've put together uh, a presentation that hopefully also can lead us into worship together as well. So glory to God, and I hope it's a blessing to you as well. Savior is born.
friends, let's close this time together in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for meeting us here today. Thank you for amazing us with the truth of who you are. Thank you for saving us from our own sin. Thank you for humbling yourself to the manger and the cross that we might know life. I thank you for the life you've given us. I thank you for the joy that we can have in knowing that you are with us every day because of all of these amazing things that you have done for us. And so tonight, I pray that this was a blessing for you, and I thank you for the chance to meet together as church family online like this. And I pray that you would bless each one, each family, even in this season that we're in, that they would know joy because you are with them. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of all the leadership of White Ridge Baptist Church, I want to wish all of you a meaningful and merry Christmas with much joy and much Jesus. God bless you. Stop.